Good morning and welcome into the Tuesday, August 24th edition of Leading Off, presented by Manscaped. I am your host, Brendan Tuma, and it is a boss man day, which means Dan Harris is here. For those of you listening, you obviously know who Dan Harris is. He fills many roles here at Fantasy Pros. One of them is hosting the show, The Kickoff, which is kind of similar to Leading Off, but it's for NFL And I was producing last night's episode, and Dan, I couldn't help but notice you made an obscure reference to something called The Matrix. And I just want to know, are you prepared to lose a lot of listeners from not understanding what you were talking about? I was just hoping that you would quit immediately as a producer upon hearing this obscure reference to this old black and white uh, movie that really, if you don't see The Matrix by the time next baseball season rolls around, you're fired like immediately so that's part of your job responsibilities now go go do it it it's making me mad i had uh leading off listeners two of them at least in my dms on twitter uh upset with me that i had never seen the movie but uh, when did we say it came out again what was 99 99 what year were you born tuma i teases you a lot what year were you born i was born in 93 i would oh my god that this is grotesque okay so hold on. Let, let's talk about something. There are things that are acceptable. OK, I understand that I am actually like a movie person. Fine. I like older movies. I also like things that were before I was born. Your generation does not often do that. That's fine. I got no problem with it. But there are certain movies that for your generation, you must see. OK, The Matrix is like mainstream. It's cool. There's a lot of pop culture references that we use about it now. There is no excuse. I'm not going to go make you watch The Godfather, even though it hurts my soul a little bit. I'm not going to make you watch old school like Casablanca or anything like that. You go watch that Matrix, buddy. I'm not. Forget about the sequels, okay? Just watch the first one. It's just, it's killing, it's killing me. Do you understand? A- JP34, he named my new kitten Neo. You, you have no idea who Neo is. No idea, right? I'm just a company man. I'm looking out for the the best interest of the podcast. And I, I don't know how many people under 25 um, are, are understanding your references. So I, that's, an issue, for, that's an issue for upset. another day. We are here to talk baseball. And I am, a, I am in a bit of a sour mood. So that's probably why I let off with that. But the Red Sox just took a lot out of me yesterday. And I don't usually get too emotional with you know my own team you know these days just as i've gotten older but i i got i got upset yesterday and i didn't even care that they ended up winning in the end we usually do three up three down i only have one down today and it's matt barnes and he wasn't the whole reason you know the kind of the fantasy takeaway is matt barnes but the real life takeaway is that the red sox really hurt me yesterday dan you won the game i i don't understand like if the mets want to blow seven saves and win a game I will be a very happy person on the next morning. Are you worried, resident uh, Homer Red Sox fan? Are you worried about Matt Barnes? That's the question. For fantasy, I don't care about your regular team. For fantasy perspective. Uh, for fan- So I have the stat here. He has a 784 ERA since signing the two-year extension. You can draw the obvious, obvious link. He hasn't been as good since the sticky stuff. A lot of pitchers haven't. That's fine. I don't I don't think they're going to remove him necessarily from the closer role. So in terms of like fantasy, really, you know, at this point, I don't care much about his ERA as long as he's still getting saves. I definitely wouldn't drop him yet. I, I kind of assume you would suggest the same. Yeah, I mean, they gave him that day off or a couple of days off, yeah. which I don't love. Right. Like I love the 
we're just sticking with him. Power through. He's our guy. So that does make me a little worried, especially with Adovino now. I mean, Adovino still walks, you know, at least a guy every single time he's out there. So not ideal for a closer. I was watching that game because it was in the beginning, you know, the early game. He didn't look bad. He really didn't, unless he was tipping his pitches or something. Like, his stuff was good. I, I thought a lot of his, like, his pitches were solid. They battled, which is weird because it's the Rangers, and, you know, they can't hit their way out of a paper bag. So, I don't know, man. I wasn't that discouraged, even though it looked pretty bad yesterday because, realistically, I thought his stuff was pretty crisp. So, for now, I'm not worried. But, yeah, this stinks. It was, he was, like, the one of, if not the most dominant closer in the game, and now he's... You got to kind of hold your breath every time he's out there. Yeah, it's just, it's, it feels long because it's been it probably hurts worse because it's been at this point like three, four years since my last World Series title. So Very that's tough. Been tough to wrap Very my tough. head around. But uh, luckily for the Red Sox, they did get another good performance out of Nathan Ivaldi. One unearned run over seven innings with a seven to zero K to walk since the beginning of 2020. The only starting pitchers with a better K to walk than Nathan Ivaldi are Garrett Cole, Jacob DeGrom, and Clayton Kershaw. That's pretty good company. I think Nathan Eovaldi's must start. Yeah, he is. Uh, I don't know how we got to this universe, but I'm not going back. He, it really is. I mean, there he'll have the occasional clunker overall, but he's been really, really good. And we, we've kind of waited for this for years, like for years since he's been a prospect because he throws so hard and it was always just his fastball. It's like it's on the string, right? Like it doesn't move, just super hard. But it's like dead straight. But he's kind of figured it out this entire year. There are zero concerns about him. I imagine anybody who rosters him just kind of leaves him out there. But yeah, it's a very, very impressive year. Obviously plays for a decent team, Tuma. Um, so it's uh, it's impressive. Leave him out there. Very encouraged by what I saw this year and his uh, stock going forward in future years. Anthony Evaldi leads fan graphs in war among pitchers in the American League. That's pretty amazing. Some awesome. other pitchers who did well on Monday night, Alec Manoa, six innings of one run ball, five strikeouts. His ERA is down to 3-1-8. Pretty good for a rookie. He was yep. up against Lance Lynn, who had seven innings of one run ball with four strikeouts. He are, his ERA is down to 2-20. Two good pitchers here. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot else to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, we... Yeah, we've loved Manoa. You know, he, he had the kind of weird beginning where looked amazing. Then he kind of had a couple of rough starts. But uh, for the most part, he's figured it out. He's in every start. Uh, every time he's out there, you start him. And Lynn, come on. Lynn is a podcast favorite. But he's been, he's fantastic. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I remember, and it was before you were born. It was like six years ago, whatever. When Lynn was just sort of this guy who, with the Cardinals, struggled with his control. A guy who you kind of are like, all right, they feel like everything is gonna gonna come to an end pretty soon. But now he's simply put a top five fantasy pitcher for me. Anyway, going forward, yeah, my brain is starting to shift a little bit towards twenty twenty two value yeah. with some of these guys. I think Manoa is going to be really interesting to analyze over the offseason. I worry he might end up over drafted, but. A lot of the young guys that have started now, where do you right now ballpark it for me? I won't hold you to it when you do your rankings. Where do you think you will have Manoa ranked uh, as a starter next year? 25 to 30 among starters. Yep. I think that sounds about right. I mean, you know, the biggest thing with him is going to be the innings, which is just mm -hmm. something he's got between the majors and the minors. He's got 86 right now. So, you know, the blue days are, are still, in it so he's gonna go out to the end i'm sure and he'll probably end the year with what 100 and 
120, something like that. So if he does, yeah, 110, 120. So if he does, like, he'll probably, the only thing with him is he'll max out probably next year at 160, as I'm sure they'll try to protect him a little bit. That's going to be the only damper on him. But talent-wise, yeah, man, he's got the goods. I I like him. So I'm with you. About 25-ish is where I feel like I'll end up. It was a light slate on Monday, so we have some bullpen notes. Jordan Romano in that Blue Jays-White Sox game tossed a scoreless ninth with two strikeouts for his 12th save. He is actually, since the sec- in the second half of the season, he's been dominant. So if you held on and just trusted in Jordan Romano, I don't know who would have been doing that or recommending that, but uh, it was a winning move. Jordan Romano is like my, my boy. Uh, and uh, you and me and Mayor text, I don't know, 50 times every single day. We have our little texturing going on, and one of the big things that we text about is Romano mayor loves to tease me. And we had this weird thing where Romano just was like, it's almost, it's probably bad luck, but Montoya uh, would always use him. Like he hadn't gotten work in forever. So Montoya would be like, all right, it's been like seven days since this guy got work. I'm going to use him in a non-save situation. And he'd throw like 35 pitches and he'd give up a run and he'd load the bases. And then he would be unavailable for like the next two days where they got save chances. Um, assuming that like they use him regularly and Montoya maybe used him a little bit more as the way I'd like him to be used, he would be one of the best closers right now in baseball. Long term, next year, I'm I'm not gonna be that excited about him, I'm sure. But realistically, like his stuff, it's really I mean, he hits triple digits sometimes. He's got the kind of closer mentality. He's been fantastic. So yeah, they, you probably miss out on like three or four saves because of the way they use him sometimes. But overall, as a pure closer, like, all right, right now, Brendan, uh, Romano or Barnes rest of the season? Definitely Romano. I got all this stuff in my head. I was just thinking there's been some turnover. Matt Barnes, Raldis Chapman, Craig Kimbrough, all these guys have kind of seen their stock tick down over the past month or so. So, yeah, definitely yeah. Romano. Yeah, I agree. I agree at this point. I think that's what you have to do for sure. This is a good point here by Wonky Penguin about uh, Manoa and Lynn. Like, Lynn is just such an old-school baseball pitcher. Just give me the ball and get out of the way. Yeah. So, um, it, it makes it fun, you know, in fantasy. It makes it fun to root for guys like that. What's What's funny, Tuma, is they really should be uh, <laughs> reining him in a little bit right now, right? That division's <laughs> done. Like, there's no reason. I mean, you can argue if you want, like, home field advantage throughout the playoffs, fine. But for the most part... They need to rein him in a little bit, and they pro- he probably won't let them. The Roos is probably like, all right, all right, Lance. I'm, I'm going to skip this. I like, never. I'll, I'm throwing a complete game. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Two other saves that stood out to me yesterday. David Bednar for the Pirates picked up his second save. He has the last two for Pittsburgh. And Paul Seawald in Seattle now has their pass two saves i feel like every time you've you and i have been on together it's been this oh tyler clifford paul seawald conversation so we're just mentioning this if you need saves and they're available and you want to speculate go ahead yeah it's august 24th man like you know you probably one save could be the difference so you got to do what you gotta do bednar again what's good is that like we know he's a closer i picked him up after um the trade deadline because i assumed he'd be the guy in the first game after the trade deadline i think he came in in the eighth or something like that. And they never win. So I was like, you know, what's the point? Um, so I moved on, but he is the guy there. And again, bad teams get saves, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll find their way into some saves as we have now seen. So he is fine. See, while that, I feel like as soon as we're like, yeah, yeah, this is it. This is it. Now we we've got him. He's just, you know, he's not going to get the next one, but you know, again, fight for whatever you can fight for it, depending on your categories. If you are desperate for saves, go ahead. 
Dan and I are similar. We, we both root for bad baseball teams, so, yep. so we know what we're talking about. Exactly today. right. One last pitching note I had was Daniel Lynch uh, gave up one run in five innings against the Astros, who were red hot over the weekend, so it's a little notable. The only reason I mention it is because he gets the Mariners this weekend, which is a great matchup. Lynch has been a lot better since he got recalled. If you need an under-the-radar streamer, I think Lynch is a good option for this weekend. So I picked him up um, in a league because, again, it was a two-start week, right? So yeah. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to risk it. Uh, but uh, when the beat writers, Alec Lewis, tweeted this out yesterday, and it was worth mentioning, uh, since the Royals recalled him on July 25th, 4-1, and 2.27 ERA, opponents are batting 2.27 also against him. And just to make it clear, his opponents in those five starts, Blue Jays, White Sox, Yankees, and the Astros twice. Like, that's a murderer's row right there of opposing offenses for the most part, at least in terms of OPS. So, look, I rolled the dice with him. I did not feel good about it. Uh, you know, again, I've talked about it. Doesn't have a baseball name. Very hard for me to get on board with a guy named Daniel Lynch, who, again, sounds like my accountant. But uh, I do think that given what he's done against these offenses, I don't, I'm going to roll him out. Like, what what offense is going to go against right now where I'd be like, ooh, that's scary. He looks great. You you know, a big prospect. So, yeah, just, just roll with him. Go for it. This is a bizarro world. What are we in the Matrix or something? We're getting more excited than me about that. Is yeah. Do you know what the Matrix is about? By the way, no. I kind of, I, I just kind of threw that out there. I didn't know if that was. Did you Wikipedia? Wikipedia. Do you know who's in the Matrix? Um, you're done. I, I gotta move on. (laughs) I gotta move on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't worry. Go cards. I sat Daniel Lynch for yesterday's start. No, you go two start week and you throw caution to the wind. (laughs) It's end of August. Come on, guys. Let's go. I would have sat him in a if it was one start. I completely agree. Some hitting standouts. Giancarlo Stanton went two for three with a homer, a double, and three RBIs. It was in a National League ballpark, so Luke Voigt was the one who sat. We're kind of putting that to bed for now. Uh, Stanton's been You awesome. want to talk about that every day, by the way, right? <laughs> you want to be like, what's the rotation right now? What do we got? Who's going where? <laughs> uh, Stanton has been awesome in August. Matt Olson, he hit his 32nd homer and fourth stolen base. He's been unbelievable. And then Salvador Perez, his 33rd homer for a catcher. Is there any world, any branch of the sacred timeline where you rank Salvador Perez as your number one catcher going into next year? This guy sees one episode of Loki and thinks that he's uh, some sort of, uh, you know, guy who knows TV and movies. Okay. Uh, no, I, first of all, this is funny. So, I, he is not listening, um, but people from the league are listening. Uh, Tuma, we're in a league. The guy who is in first, one of my closest friends. Um, I don't think he was able to trade Salvador Perez at the deadline, who he has. It's a keeper league at a reasonable cost because he accurately, I think, was like, oh, God, like this is great. And it's a guy who I'm going to have to keep going into next year if I can't deal him because it's he's going to wind up like 40 home runs. But this is not like this is silly and he's aging. There's just there's no way I'll rank him ahead of Ramlito. He will be my second catcher. I mean, without a doubt. And the difference probably won't be crazy, but I'm still going with Ramlito. You? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a funny difference where for like my rest of season ranks, Salvador Perez is number one. Mm-hmm. But as of now, I kind of expect going into 22 that it'll flip back to Ramlito. Yeah, I can. I, that's that's I'm fair with that. I, that's. I'd uh, agree with that one. 
We need to figure out a way to brand like August fantasy baseball players because, you know, we talk about Frank Schwindel and, you know, Tristan McKenzie and stuff yeah. like that. Two yeah. others who are just, you know, winning leagues right now are Dalton Varsho and Ty France. Dalton mm. Varsho, the catcher outfielder for the Diamondbacks, since the All-Star break is hitting 338 with eight homers and three stolen bases. Ty France, since the All-Star break, is hitting 355 and eight homers. Are these two guys that you, if they're available, just pick them up and it's August and just ride the hot bats? Oh, yeah, without question. And actually, I wonder whether it's more than that, Tuma, because remember, France, we liked him a lot coming into the year. He was a sleeper. I think I said there are two like second basemen that everybody should draft, like one of their last pick, and it was Ty France, and I think Rojas was the other one. I can't remember. But he started off really great, kind of got a little cold. Got good again, got hit in the forearm, or maybe that was the beginning. Came back and was terrible for a while. But France's bat is legit. We liked it in the spring. So I there is very little for me to worry about right now. Look at his underlying data. It doesn't look bad at all. So he's a guy who, not just it's August, ride him like you can do. With Varsho, Varsho was also a guy who we were really excited about. We thought like, okay, well, maybe I'll split time at catcher, then the outfield, then Carson Kelly went down. Kelly is back. So you were like, okay, Varsho's going to be gone. But look, that team does not have a lot of great options. He is playing pretty much every day. Now, he got off the series in Colorado. That was a good treatment. But what's funny, Tuma, is I I don't know how many leagues I'm still like really paying attention to, probably like three or something like that. And I, I picked him up in every league but ours because I have like Omar Navarez, and I kind of feel like that's like a guy who I just kind of leave whatever but i picked him up everywhere this week and i'm planning to just ride him at catcher right now for the foreseeable future because again we were excited about this is not a random person that we were like who is this guy i don't know his name or i'll put him in my lineup preseason we were in the spring or pretty much into him so both these guys absolutely i'm rolling with for at least the foreseeable future Yep, I agree. Both these guys were enduring spring training players that we were getting excited about. They kind of, you know, didn't it didn't happen right away. So you drop them, but now it is time to pick them back up. I double check this. Dalton Varsho, he's already over 20 games at catcher this season. So mm-hmm. he will qualify at catcher next season. It could be one of those situations where, you know, he still plays a ton of outfield. So you get that additional playing time. That'll be interesting to monitor. Yeah, that's really what you want, right? You want a guy eligible at catcher who doesn't always play at catcher. And I mean, and the good part is, again, we've talked about this a couple of times. This breakout is happening when most people are tuned out, right? I mean, so they're going to look. You look at his season-long numbers. Batting 238, man. He's got nine homers. Why do I care about that and stuff like that? Hopefully people kind of miss him unless they listen to this show. We're going to be rocking the house with that guy uh, coming into next year. But for the most part, this is good that the breakout is happening late because his bat does play. It does play in the majors. I know we got off to the rough start, but it'll play in the majors. So, again, he won't be a huge average guy regardless, but his numbers overall don't look that impressive. That is a good thing for fantasy managers who are paying attention right now. We have a fun trivia question here in the chat. Go cards off the top of your head. Last catcher to hit. 40 homers i definitely know piazza did this i don't know if anyone's done it more recently yeah 40 homers huh uh i don't know i don't think gary Sanchez i know todd hunley did it but that was probably before uh <laughs> before uh yeah no i don't know i'm i'm interested to know who it is piazza did do it i think once he had exactly 40 so that was probably after todd hunley is my guess but uh, all right i got nothing <laughs> 
Yeah, me neither. I'll see if the chat no- doesn't even look like the chat knows exactly, but we'll see if anyone comes in with that. In the meantime, when we're brainstorming, we're going to do the Manscaped read. And if you're listening to Leading Off, that means you need to be using Manscaped for all your grooming needs. The optimized lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof, so you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor. It's got a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage Travelock, which is perfect for people who want to travel. And the new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. You can get 20% off by using the code leading off at manscaped.com. That is 20% off by using the code leading off at manscaped.com. Support your friends over here at Fantasy Pros. It goes, it does go a long way. Some downs <laughs> from Monday. Man, to my your transition sometimes are like, oh no, did he have a stroke? Because I don't know. <laughs> he looks like he's like, I got through it. I'm good. I'm, I'm going to pause for a minute. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The whole first half of the podcast is always just an anxiety fueled. Yeah. How are you, by the way? The Wait, this is like your little therapy session. How are you doing as a host of a, of a major podcast? I mean, Fast Pros is like, you know, top of the world right now. How how are you doing hosting it? Are you, are you is every podcast for you like, oh, my God, I'm not going to make it deep breaths into a paper bag right before you start. And then you just go and then you just get through it or what? We we hit end broadcast and you and I do a quick sign off. And then I just instantly hurl over to the side of my desk. That's <laughs> a well. morning routine at this point. All right. I like it. I like it. Well done. <laughs> Bobachet went 0 for 4 on Monday night. He's hitting 224 in August. Only three extra base hits. What are you going to do? Sit Bobachet? But I just wanted to point it out. I don't know if you have anything else on it. Yeah, I drop him. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing. 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 Why are we talking about this? Forget it. No, he's fine. You leave him in your lineup. Craig Kimball suffered his fourth loss of the season. He's given up six runs in nine and a third innings. He still doesn't have a save since the trade. If you were holding on and you play in a traditional roto league or a categories league that only uses saves, I'm fine dropping him. Yes. As well, drop him. Okay. Kyle Hendricks, seven innings, four runs, nine hits. It's not the worst start in the world, but it came against the Rockies in their first yeah. game away from Coors, which I was I was hoping for better. He has a 4.09 ERA. It just, it hasn't, like, he's had some moments. He gets a ton of quality starts, but it hasn't been the same Kyle Hendricks this year. Yeah, I agree. And I've always been kind of the Kyle Hendricks guy. Like, great, let let people, and especially last year when, you know, he threw a ton of innings and, you know, it looked like Ross was just going to let him go a little bit more than Madden used to. And so that was good. But it's it's kind of like all the underlying, you know, data that suggested he should be a worse pitcher than he is. Finally all caught up to him in one year now. He's not bad, and he has this horrible thing. I think I joke about it with Carmen, you know, who you mentioned yesterday, uh, about like, okay, in the first inning, we know what what start it's going to be, right? And he he has a lot of trouble in that first inning. He gave up three of the four runs in the first inning, and then he was pretty dominant for the vast majority of the rest of the start, and then he came out for whatever it was, the sixth or the seventh, and he already had like 90 pitches, and he got hit a little bit. It's just, Matt, I still start him every time out, man, because I, the wins aren't going to be there. But just when you bench him, he fires off like a fantastic start against the that Reds like he did yeah. last one. So I, I just leave him out there. It doesn't usually hurt you too badly. He did that one start where he gave up nine runs. But for the most part, I just kind of leave him out there. And I have just lowered my expectations on him, seriously. This is a, a great one. So in spine ticks in the 
chat javi lopez 43 homers i remember that year i remember that year that was that was uh i remember the braves uh i think that was oh god unless it was with the orioles already but i remember javi uh, lopez it was still with the braves right um i remember it very uh very clearly javi i remember all those guys because they just used to kill me and you know that back when i was your age you know like 17 it was very difficult to get over these hard losses constantly to the braves so i'm glad i'm i'm dead inside now Going to fly through some news and notes quickly. Kenta Maeda went to the IL with forearm tightness. Disappointing season for him. Adbert Alzali can make a rehab start this week and be back soon. Luis Heal is pitching today, Tuesday, for AAA. So he won't be back in the majors for at least another turn in the rotation. Nelson Cruz is expected to be back from the COVID-19 injured list today, Tuesday. Akil Badu has been reinstated from the injured list. Carlos Santana left Monday's game to, due to a hip flexor strain. Just check his status, but he should be day-to-day. And then finally, big prospect news. Edward Cabrera, Marlins pitcher, is going to make his debut on Wednesday against Josiah Gray in the Nationals. That is Ooh. a thrilling game for the Too Much Tuma brand. Yeah, so give your breakdown on it, man. I mean, I'm, I'm fully willing to admit that, you know, you are the prospect guy. Are you picking him up? Are you waiting to see what happens? What's the deal? I think just at this point, you know, we, with how rookies have gone, we can't, you know, just be, oh, my God, this prospect is must roster, you know, unless Bobby Witt comes up, which I don't expect. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to stream him, go ahead. He has a control issue and he's one of those guys that has like two great pitches, but not a third pitch. So long term, you know, he's really exciting, but I don't know. He kind of just screams like, oh, he goes five innings, but, you know, has three or four walks and five or six strikeouts. So. I'm keeping my expectations in check, but I did just want to mention that he's getting called up. And if you do need to take a shot on upside, then go ahead. Very good. Well, I like this is a, this is a really interesting time for fantasy managers, right? Because if you're in contention, probably every point like matters. So every decision you make is magnified. I personally, like you, I'm not, I'm certainly not willing to risk his, his first start just if I could pick him up because I, I need to see how it goes, but you got to be like crazy on the lookout at this point for anybody who might help you. So very good. Again, as everybody should know, follow too much Tuma when you want the prospect news because he just wants a prospects podcast nonstop. That's all he wants to do. <laughs> Some home run leaderboard updates from last night, Dan. The Lord yes. of the List, Mike Mayer, has blessed us. Yes, with, sorry. Uh, uh, I did not make a home run call yesterday. I, I apologize. I forgot. I had a busy day. Everyone leave me alone. Uh, only 13, and I did say this, there were only 13 home runs hit yesterday. That's crazy. But still, 11 correct home run wow. calls. Go Cards, my dude. Mitch Hanniger up to 20 overall. Derek from Texas, Ack Ack. Okay. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton is his call. He went up to 19. Still, D. Gordon Liddy and Randy in the, in the big race at 26. Joey P at 23. Useless Panic, 22. Lawnmower Man, 4.4. And Wonky Penguin at 21. Wonky, come on, Wonky, let's go here. At one point, you know, you were going to run away with this thing. Helpless Miami, Turf Durgison, Go Cards, Pygo, and Kon SD with 20. Then everybody else kind of falls off. I'm still at 19. That is fine. Tuma, do you even make home run calls, man? What are you at, like two? I fell behind at the start of the year with this, and then I, I should have stayed with it, but I just... uh it's You're just the me, worst. So. You're the worst human. Yeah, it's fine. Too busy watching movies, but yeah, uh, God, and hurling <laughs> as you get ready to podcast. I get it. Go ahead. 
Some DFS talk tonight. There are some aces going. Cor- Corbin Burns against the Reds. Jack Flaherty against the Tigers. Jose Barrios against the White Sox. These guys, you know, they're all high-priced. I always look at aces to build my lineups around. Do you think it's an ace night, or do you think it's a night to, you know, kind of move down the starting pitcher tier? Uh, you know, I don't I don't love anybody who is, you know, kind of really low-priced. I, I like Flaherty a lot. I like what I've seen from Flaherty. I'm a little surprised that he came back from the oblique and being out for so long and just kind of hit the ground running. So uh, against Detroit, especially uh, on DK, where he's $1,000 cheaper than Burns, I like that. And on Fandle, he's $1,200 cheaper. I've got no problem with Burns ever. There's no way I'm going near Barrios. I'm just not like Barrios. I love Barrios from a season-long perspective. You just kind of throw him out there. But half the time he goes out there and you just like, he doesn't have it tonight. I wouldn't mind Herman Marquez. I, I get that there is, you know, a little Jekyll and Hyde with him, but 8,200 on DraftKings, 9,000 on FanDuel uh, in Chicago against that lineup, which is super strikeout heavy. I was watching a game last night. I couldn't name, I didn't know who half those guys were in that lineup. Um, so I think that's also a guy you can go after. Other than that, that's probably all I'm going. You want to go near uh, Hauk for a uh, for a tournament uh, uh, play here, Tuma? No? No, I think... In, in really in baseball tournaments, you need your pitcher to one pitch deep and two rack up the strikeouts. So I was going to say I'm, I'm avoiding Hauk and, and Madison Bumgarner. I mm-hmm. do like him for the ratios going against the Pirates, but I just can't see the strikeout upside that you need for that. So I kind of like Marquez. If you're not going to go with Burns or Flaherty, then I I would pivot to Marquez. Kind of like yeah. you said. Yeah, I, I definitely don't mind it. If you want to go with Luis Garcia against the Royals, uh, I can live with it. But uh, for the most part, if I'm paying up, I'm probably just going for Flaherty. I know it sounds weird not to go for Burns, but I'd probably take that minimal savings. It, it's tough to build a lineup around Burns uh, a little bit. But if not, I, I have no problem with Marquez. I'm willing to roll the dice. That Chicago lineup right now is just, again, we talk about it. There's like four or five lineups you can just absolutely hammer. The Cubs are one of them, so I wouldn't mind going there at all. Some game stacks. The I don't know what the Red Sox are doing on here. They're horrible, but they're going against <laughs> the Twins and Griffin Jacks. The yeah. Braves against the Yankees and yeah. Andrew Heaney. The Braves have all these, uh, you know, kind of like mid-tier outfield, like Adam Duvall, Jorge Soler. Yep. So get those guys in against yep. the Yankees. And then the Astros against the Royals and Grady Singer. Dan, do you have any lineup builders for us? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's Odubel Herrero's 2,700 uh, on is 3,700 on DK. Ryan Mountcastle, look, Mayer is the one who kind of helps us prepare all these uh, – all these guys, we talk them through. So if Ryan Mountcastle is playing, he is always going to be a lineup builder for mayor. You should know that. But again, against the Angels, both him and Cedric Mullins, 3,300, 3,200 respectively on FanDuel. On DraftKings, Mountcastle's cheaper, 3,900 compared to Mullins, 4,500. Tommy Listella against the Mets. Anybody against the Mets is always good. 2,300 on FanDuel, 3,000 on DK. And Connor Joe, who, you know, again, even though on the road, Connor Joe just kind of gets it done there at the top of the line of 3,100 on Fandle and 3,500 on DK. Shout out to Mike Mayer. He is on Twitter at Mike Mayer. If you have DFS questions, he is, yes. you know, admittedly, definitely more so than me, uh, more of a DFS guy. So he Oh, is- hold on. Let, let's throw it out there. It's football, okay? But I, I don't want to, you know, take away too much from Mayer. I don't know if he's mentioned it before. Mayer once won, like, a giant tournament on FanDuel in football and just sort of casually like dropped it to us. And we were like, wait, what, what just happened? Like one of these, like, 
like tens of thousands of people tournament and he won the whole thing. So you want uh, DFS? Go to Mayor at Mike Mayer. Good dude. Knows baseball. Knows football. Obviously, you guys know him from this podcast. Check it. I mean, fo- give him a follow because he's awesome. Absolutely. That's going to do it for today. You no home run calls, room? huh? I don't get to make a home run call. <laughs> okay. Was, was your, what's your home run call? Were you hurling while I was uh, <laughs> doing that? I, I am going. It's very funny uh, that uh, I you mentioned my guy. I am going with Jorge Soler. Mayor mentioned him. I think it was on Friday or whatever day it was or maybe you did. But that was a guy who I, I picked up through the weekend. Won the Fantasy Pros Insiders League. It's very, wow. very prestigious in, in, in Fantasy Pros to win one of the leagues is very prestigious. I'm, I'm not even joking. Like, it's like a big thing. And I'm the baseball guy, right? Like, I, I had to be, you have these developers who are brilliant and they, they you know, all sorts of stuff. Spreadsheets. And- I've never been so excited to like anything in my life. My kids are probably watching this. Guys, I was more excited to win that league than I was in the day you were born. You can just mark that down and play that into perpetuity. But yes, and really the reason I don't think I win it if I don't pick up Jorge Soler on Thursday. That night, Tuma, that you woke up the next day and you saw me and Mayor texting about pickups and stuff like that. Jorge Soler was the big pickup that night. Used most of my remaining fab. Had a great weekend. Took me to victory. So Soler, in honor of you. Also, you're going against Andrew Heaney, so I'll take that any day of the week. Soler is my home run call. That was the are you, night. Are after- you making a call? I'll take one. You don't even have that it. Was the- Forget it. Put it in Discord. <laughs> that was the night after the fantasy fest which is a reminder to everyone listening it is busy times but if you want to win your fantasy baseball league stay with it don't uh don't give up just yet we'll be here helping you out i won't be here tomorrow leading off we'll resume what? dan harris will oh, be here yes hold on very quick on that i think tomorrow if you are watching us live or if you're listening whatever and you want to watch us live might have to be at 9.30 tomorrow uh, because there may be some camp obligations. Last day of camp, even though school starts, I don't know. I do what my wife tells me. Um, but I will say we have a new co-host t- tomorrow, a guy you have never met or seen. You'll probably hate him, but I don't care. But two men mayor have a very busy schedule. His name is Ryan. He works for us. He's our kind of social media manager. He's a big baseball guy. He's a big football guy. He's fantastic. I wanted to get him on the podcast on the podcast. I can't say the word podcast today. I got to hurl. Um, when we have him on, just he'll be here tomorrow. Me and him, it'll be great. So tune in. I will let you know in Discord what time we're going to do it. But for now, assume nine thirty a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, and you can plan on us being here all week. So leading off is not going anywhere. Lots to come. Busy times for Dan Harris on Twitter at Dan Harris eighty. My name is Brendan Tuma on Twitter at too much tuma this is my sign off the worst